Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson here on Take Command from Odyssey Sports. And let's let's shift gears now, Logan. We we spent some time last week doing this very fun game, and we have more fun games to come throughout the summer. Summer is game time. Uh, what time is it? Game time. Who? Uh, game time. Who? Uh, so we, we created like a value chart of quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, receivers. We drafted our teams. I, I do have to say the most common uh, team picked – on Twitter was exactly the team that I picked. So I'm, I'm not saying that I'm Which right. One? It was uh, Dak Prescott, Terry McLaurin. Well, also, dude, heads up. I picked second in all those categories. That's just true. as a reminder to everybody. So I'm getting well, your Well, you did not pick second in second. all the categories. You picked second, and we alternated picks. So I like... Did we alter? I don't even remember how we did it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it. <laughs> it wasn't like I took a quarterback, you took a quarterback. I took Terry McLaurin first overall, and that was my receiver, and you had your pick of, of the rest of the guys. I just happened to correctly pick the best value on the board, you know? Right, but obviously that allows you to kind of... Yeah, we'll talk about this more later. But it does, it does, allows you to be a little more flexible with your right. uh, selections because you got you know a, a number one receiver for two dollars. So yeah, so I had know, Dak. Hey, I don't have to tell you Dak Terry, the Commanders running backs, and Dalton Schultz. You had Carson Wentz, AJ Brown, Logan Thomas, and the Giants running backs for your ten dollars. But the biggest piece of feedback that we got was people disagreed with our running back rankings. Uh, we had Philly as the $4, Dallas as the $3, Washington as the $2, and the Giants as the $1. Not a lot of folks uh, standing up for the Giants, uh, unsurprisingly. But people thought that Dallas or Washington should have been, like that they were definitively 1-2 and that uh, Philly no. should have been third. You went back. Uh, watched a lot of or watched some extra tape on on some of these backs. Do you have any thoughts on? Uh, do you have feedback on the feedback, if you will? Uh, and and why did we ultimately decide that Philly was the best backs in the division? Well, so I think when you look at Miles Sanders, let's just start with him, Miles Sanders. And I think the thing about him that really sticks out is that he averages five point one yards a carry, and you know, like he makes people miss. He breaks tackles, and like when I'm evaluating running backs, those are things that I value tremendously, right? The ability to kind of set up a guy to make him miss, and then obviously breaking tackles, because that means you're getting more out of the run than the run is blocked for. And so I think that that's something that fans don't necessarily see. They don't necessarily take into account. You know, again, a criticism I have of Miles Sanders is that he missed four games last year. So obviously, like, his availability over the last two seasons has been up and down. But in terms of making people miss – Vision in the hole, I think he's probably the best, the best of the bunch. 
The next guy I would go to is Antonio Gibson. I think he is physically the thing that you want the most at the position, right? Height, weight, speed, breaks tackles, makes people miss, all of those things, but he lacks some of the running back nuance that I think Miles Sanders has, right? His vision's not great. His pass protection's not great. Miles Sanders' not a great pass protector either, to be fair. And also, he fumbled the ball a whole bunch last year. So those things are significant in terms of the evaluation. Again, in terms of a guy who just fits the mold, he's 235 pounds. He runs a 4-3. He's physical. Again, injury history there is a little bit of a concern for me. But again, like the the foot the playing the position of running back is is more than those height weight speed measurements right so right. that's where i would kind of again and then you go to Ezekiel Elliott just kind of like to flush out the kind of best guys of the and Ezekiel Elliott had the lowest broken tackle percentage of almost any running back in the NFL he only broke 16 tackles last year on 250 carries that's wild now, considering what he was yeah, as a rookie yeah exactly right and so i think people kind of think back oh like this is how he was now he has excellent vision he's excellent pass protection he takes care of the football at high level and it's not that he's a bad runner it's just that he's not going to get you more than what's there now you can say that his vision leads him to the right hole and he's able to make plays there that like tony pollard doesn't make for example but and and another thing that's important to think about with dallas specifically is their run game tends to be very tight zone duo inside the box based and that gets really tight and really cloudy really quickly and so obviously like even if you do break a tackle it's not going to show up on the stat sheet because there's a thousand people right there Ah, right you know what i mean right but when i watch him i I will say he he gets what the run is blocked for and that that's confirmed to my eye unlike sanders unlike gibson unlike tony pollard right now there's other elements that go into playing running back right but I do think that that's important for fans to understand. And now, I don't want to talk too long here, but go back to Sanders. Like That offensive line in Philly is dynamite. There right. is so much space in that offense. And like when you look at Tony Pollard, for example, he breaks more tackles when he's in space, right? Gladwell breaks more tackles when he's in space. They do a great job of creating space. They get more double teams because the quarterback can run. They don't have to account for this extra player in the box, right? And they are able to just create movement because all those dudes weigh 350 pounds. And then uh, Kelsey can just run wherever he wants, like a fullback almost, and cover guys up. And the running backs are off to the races. So they're, uh, it's hard to isolate just the back, right, in right. these things. Because like you'd say, well, I think Gibson in that offense rushes for 1,000 yards and has 5.2 yards of carry. Like I, I just think that because it fits his vision style very well. There's just epic amounts of space but that's not how it is right right so again like those are the variables you're kind of negotiating with these rankings that i think it's hard to isolate it's hard to isolate a back right and that that to me was what i would tell people and and what some of them even said is like i mean like this was the criticism of our receiver rankings as well as like how can you possibly have terry as the two dollar receiver he's played with uh, not great quarterbacks. Fans were a little harsher than that. Uh, not great quarterbacks. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb's out there playing with Dak. Or, you know, A.J. Brown was in yeah. uh, Tennessee with Tannehill. You know, et right. cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, we're doing the best we can. We try to project. Do I think that Terry would have better numbers if he had been in Tennessee? Yeah. Are they? Does he score as often as A.J. Brown scores? The biggest, you know, statistical differential between the two? Touchdowns? Maybe not, uh, and yeah. probably not, and that's why AJ Brown gets the the slight nod. Um, I would probably take Terry. You took Brown, you know, but it's like it's neck and neck right there. And the same thing with Lamb. Like Lamb has, it, we're doing a little bit of projection. 
there he's got the shake he's got all the physical characteristics he also dropped the ball a lot and if he were to do that again this season you probably downgrade him as opposed to yeah. anticipating him uh in year two year three whatever this is for him uh sharing that up a little bit and becoming a more mature player so it's really hard to isolate pretty much anything i mean it's hard to isolate quarterback it's hard to isolate left tackle it's right. hard to isolate literally any position because football is not only such a team game, but it, you know, even the evaluations are hard because unless you know the assignments and the, the finer coaching points, it can be really hard to, some, you know, to, to evaluate because something that looks like a mistake may be how a player was coached. And you know, if you were coached differently in a different system, that might not make sense to you. And by the way, you might be right because, for instance, if you were taught the run game by the Shanahan's, I don't know why yeah. anyone teaches it differently because they've only been the best running game in football for 30 years. But there are coaches that do. And, and if the yeah. player does what they're supposed to do, it looks like a mistake to you as an evaluator. Um, and by the way, that's not just like you, Logan Paulson. It is a, you know, a pro scout for another team scouting for free agency that can affect the way you intake all of that information. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think like even to even to the running back point, like you mentioned Kyle Shanahan, and one of the big differences between that system and most running systems is that they coach the running back's angles really well. So my technique as a blocker is a little bit different, right? And if I coach that same technique to a blocker in a system that's not Kyle Shanahan, like they're gonna look like an idiot. And so again, like <laughs> understanding that nuance and the variation in the run scheme is really important. And then also I think another thing that really you know, downgraded Terry, at least in my eye, was the man-to-man coverage thing, right? We talked about that, like his inability to win versus certain man-to-man coverage looks, right? But again, that is somewhat scheme-dependent because you look at Tennessee, for example, you look at A.J. Brown, like he gets a much civil, like simpler coverage shell because they have the beasts in the backfield and they have to play eight-man boxes all the time, right? right? So again, like that makes the throw easier for the quarterback. That makes the line of sight easier for the quarterback, all those different things. But again, like we had to do something. You know what I mean? We had to like rank them. And I think right. that that's the thing that you come down to. So so back to the running backs, like when you look at these backs, right, I look at the things that I think are kind of universal are their ability to make people miss, their ability to get more than the run is blocked for, right? Mm-hmm. And then... um and then I cut. So if so, like just as an example, Miles Sanders does that. Antonio Gibson does that. Zeke struggles with that, or he has struggled with it at least last year. Then what's the differentiating factor between these two guys? Um, Antonio Gibson fumbles the ball a lot, or he did last year. Now there's a myriad of reasons why that's possible. You know, he's worried about his shin. You know, he's not playing. You know, he's not used to playing running back, whatever it is. But I'm going to downgrade him for that, and I'm going to upgrade Miles Sanders. So again, like just from a pure running back standpoint, like just based on my criteria, which is that's what it is, that's why he's my number one. You know what I'm saying? And then you could say, oh, well, what about the O-line, all that stuff? I acknowledge that that is a, those are variables that need to be considered. And I think they're important variables, but like we have to, we have to kind of just exist here. Right. You know what we I mean? Have we have to draw the line make, somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. And I mean, Saquon, by the way, should you know, it's, it, he's got to get mentioned. I mean, that dude's so yeah, right, talented right. and you know, that's the hard thing is like, I, I was saying this on the radio on Friday. Like I, 
if you're looking at the single best back in the division for all the things we just talked about, it might be Saquon if he's healthy. Now his numbers last year don't remotely look like that. He's the yeah. only one of these backs, you know, first or second string uh, backs in the division last year who averaged less than four yards a carry. He's at 3.7. Yeah. But is it's, that because he's all of a sudden not good or is he being misused uh, behind really poor offensive line talent with, absolutely no threat in the passing game because the quarterback was not very good at all. So I'll say, I'll say the thing about Saquon when you watch him is you get the sense that there's a guy who's always looking for a home run shot. And that's not how you play running back, you know, high school, college, NFL, right? You get to line of scrimmage and you and when you're kind of pitter pattering and trying to feel it out, that's not productive for anybody, right? And that seems to be what he's doing. He kind of Darts to one hole. He says it's not there. He tries to dart back. He's not trusting his vision. Now, that offensive lineup in New York last year was very, very bad. You know, like the guards and the center specifically had a really hard time, especially early on in the year. So that's going to reflect his production. But also, I think he needs to take some ownership of that and say, like, I need to be more decisive as a runner. I need to help this group out a little bit. Like, just as an example, going to Ezekiel Elliott or Miles Sanders they're really, really good at setting up runs. They're patient on the landmark. You know, let's say it's a tight zone to the right. They're going to attack the outside foot of the guard. They're going to press, 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 press. All the linebackers are going to bump over a gap, and then they're going to cut back late. And it might be a four-yard run, but to me that is an excellent run because you made everybody on that offensive line better. And that's something Gibson has a hard time with, right? He's not the best at setting up stuff. And a little bit of that's run scheme, the run scheme that they run here in, in Washington. But again, like, those are areas that he could improve. So, um, again, like Saquon is not, he's not doing that, you know, and he's kind of lost all of his, the thing that made him really special, which is his ability to kind of just create. And that was a criticism by Tiki Barber when he came out, was like he's not a disciplined runner. And I think that still shows up, and I think it, it shows a lack of confidence, and he doesn't appear to be running with like a great physicality either, which is also somewhat disappointing because he's a big man. He's a big, strong dude, so... You'd like to see more of that too. Yeah. And you also wonder if he felt the pressure, right? Like he's, yeah. he knows if he doesn't score, then nobody else is. And so he's trying to hit sure. a home run every time. And it's like, Hey man, just hit some singles and doubles and you'll actually help out the entire offense and your home runs will, will, you know, become apparent as you sure. wear down a defense. But when you, when you've had success your entire life, because you're such a freakish athlete playing that way, like he was able to do that at Penn state in the big 10 yeah. at the highest level of college football and it was super successful. Um, not so much in the NFL, different sport. He's going to have to be coached up by Brian Dable and that, that staff to, to help Daniel Jones out and to give them any remote shot of being a productive offense this year in New York.